the blast from our past network. Hi, this is Diane Franklin. I am the actress from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Better Off Dead, and Last American Virgin, and you are listening to Podcasting After Dark. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Terror Vision, stars Diane Franklin, Garrett Graham, and Jonathan Grease. Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And this week we have Terror Vision. Terror Vision. <laughs> oh, I love this movie so much. <laughs> and this one is kind of special to us. Um, we are working on promo art for the podcast, and it's kind of, well, it's inspired by Terror Vision. Yeah. Our good buddies at It Came From The 80s Magazine uh, are the craftsmen behind our logo. For, that was definitely 100% inspired by Terror Vision. <laughs> exactly. So so as you can see, this movie you know, has a special place in our hearts. Um, I think you and I watched it together, what was it, like three years ago or something? Yeah, Shout Factory or Scream Factory or whatever the heck they're called, released a Blu-ray version of it. And do you have that? I do have that. It's worth picking up. It's it's a double feature. The other one I think is called like Video of the Dead or something. It's it's terrible. It but. is terrible, but Video of the Dead was a movie that I remember from my childhood renting, where the zombies actually come out of the TV. Oh yeah, the the the, the box art alone is classic for that. But we re- we watched it together. Uh, I actually own the VHS of Terror Vision, the original VHS <laughs> from Terror Vision. I think I got this when I in my twenties, I think, from like Rasputin Records or uh, Amoeba uh, for a dollar, and. It, this movie, to me, is the quintessential, uh, like, it, it evokes the emotions of what it was like watching horror films as a kid. Okay. Watching okay. it again with you, well, myself last night, I was reminded of how much I love this movie, as bad, as cheesy as it is, how much fun it is. It, it is a lot of fun. I I do agree with you there. Um, I have a little bit of, I have some thoughts, but, you know, we'll save our, our full <laughs> review to the end. But it's it's mostly positive experience for yeah. me. Um, and I will, of course, uh, we will post that picture of, of your VHS copy. We'll post that on the Instagram. So make sure to follow us at Podcasting After Dark on Instagram. That's where we're most active these days. Um, but let's, uh, let's jump right into it because we're both excited. Excited to talk about yeah, this, let's do this. This awesome, awesome movie, truly awesome. But so, first off, what year did this come out? This came out in 1986. Okay, the same day uh, as the movie Quicksilver, starring Kevin Bacon, which I just reviewed on my other podcast called Two Dollar Late Fee. Oh, nice. Very, very different in tone. Obviously, <laughs> one's a Kevin Bacon 80s thriller drama. This one is a straight up sci fi horror comedy. Yeah, oh, definitely yeah. comedy. I would say comedy horror. I would I would put comedy first in this movie. And uh, looking back, I didn't realize I didn't see either of those movies in the theater because I was too young at the time. Um, but realizing that they both came out on Valentine's Day, <laughs> and I thought, well, if I was a teenager on Valentine's Day, which would I rather go see? Kevin Bacon, who is a heartthrob with my girlfriend, 
Not so much. Terror Vision, a scary movie where maybe my girlfriend will grab my bulging biceps. <laughs> I think we'll do Terror Vision. <laughs> now, as per usual, we talk about sort of where we were the first time we saw it. This came out in 86, so I was uh, what, eight years old. Okay. And uh, how old were you? I was 10. Okay. And do you remember the first time you saw Terror Vision? Oh, yeah, totally. This, this was a late night. I prob- probably didn't see it until... Um, late in 86 when it came on Cinemax or HBO, but it was definitely on late at night. I remember uh, sneaking into the living room, turning on HBO, and this came on, and it freaked me out as a kid because it was creepy as hell. Yeah. And I think I watched the first 15 minutes of it. Then my brother and I rented it from the video store once, twice, 20, 30 times, <laughs> easily 20 or 30 times, and rewinding scene after scene because there's so much great cheesy dialogue in it. Yeah. How about you? Um, I can't recall exactly when I saw it for the first time. It was, uh, I probably rented it from the local five and dime convenience store during the summers. I go down to Virginia to hang out with my dad. And the closest thing we had was just like a, a, a mom and pop convenience store that had a video game sec. I'm sorry, video, like a VHS section in the back. That's so awesome. I think I probably got it from there, but the movie as a kid, this movie really, freaked me out a very high level of freak out mainly because i was super close with my grandpa and he would actually watch me so our <laughs> oh, our relationship was was very very close kind of like how the kid he is he like sherman is with his grandpa with grandpa yeah and and it kind of <laughs> it just it really like upset me and unnerved me to see the grandpa die maybe if we didn't if we didn't see him die such a horrible death it was know? pretty but, horrible yeah but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that but so this movie sort of traumatized me and i didn't watch it i think until you and i saw it uh you know a couple years ago so this is probably truthfully my only my maybe third viewing of the movie oh wow maybe fourth like maybe i watched it at some point with luke you know back in high school or middle school or something yeah i I don't know why my brain works this way uh it, it doesn't now as an adult but as a kid i would watch things over and over and over again ad nauseum to the point where I knew every single piece of dialogue in the movie at that time. Yeah. I would watch every name in the credits. I would read. I think I probably learned how to read from comic <laughs> books and movie credits. Hey, you know what? That's me too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we work so well together. Awesome. Well, uh, speaking of, of the, the people and everything and who's in it, uh, we'll jump into that after we talk about the intro, right? Yeah. It's, it's good. The, the movie has a nice little prologue to it uh, that we'll start with, and then we get the credits. So we'll talk about... The the cast and, and the major players in the movie. We'll talk about them then, but uh, let's jump right into it with the, the prologue. Let's do it. I mean, well, first of all, the opening to the scene, uh, to the movie brought back all the feels because the production company behind this is called Empire Pictures, and Empire Pictures later became Full Moon Entertainment. I did not know that. Albert Band, uh, who is the producer of this movie, owned this small company. His son, uh, Charlie Band, Charles Band, and his other son, Richard Band, worked for him. Charles Bam was an executive producer who later went on to fund or create Full Moon Entertainment. His brother, Richard, who did the music for this movie, has done countless soundtracks from from Reanimator, From Beyond, um, uh, Puppet Master, Doll Man. Like the list goes on for if you look up Richard Bam's credits for the movies he's done it's it's crazy how many movies you're like oh that was him that was him but yeah empire pictures later became 
Full Moon Entertainment. And it's funny you mentioned was it Richard uh, Band the the music guy. Every movie that you just mentioned that he did, we're gonna do on here. We're gonna do Reanimator. We're gonna do From Beyond, of course. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll have to have Richard Band on as a guest. Yeah. If we, yeah. If we can get him, that'd be awesome. We're Facebook friends, so <laughs> I'm sure he'll want to come on. Because once you become a Facebook friend, that's your real friend, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like watching that got me so excited. And yeah, the movie just opens straight up into this really cheesy 1950s looking um, science fiction planet, interplanetary place. Which I which I absolutely love. Oh, it's so great. It's like it's hardcore a model and they don't even care that it's a model. And that's what works about it. Yeah, I think I think this movie uh, had a really small budget. I didn't look up the exact numbers, but there's something nostalgic about that i how, the cheesiness of it they em- they the embraced movie. it they embraced yeah. their budget it seems like to truthfully and even later on we'll talk about how even the backyard sets are sets like everything is a set but it looks like it. they don't even try to hide it which no. is which is fun that's the fun part it has a little hammer-esque quality to it yeah, totally. I mean, this movie was panned when it came out. I think it has like a, a zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes. This <laughs> fuck, is a perfect fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, seriously, this is a perfect example of people not understanding what this movie is. Yeah, and I think this is where I, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a soapbox rant here, where I think critics or reviewers um, totally get it wrong. I think as a kid, I used to really be upset with people like Siskel and Ebert because I didn't feel like they were fans of horror sci-fi. If you're a fan of this genre comedy sci-fi horror it's supposed to be cheesy it's supposed to be stupid it's supposed to be silly the special effects are supposed to be horrible that's what makes it good so uh, uh, using that as my rating system i would give this a really high rating because Mm -hmm. it's just a fun movie it's over the top yes so everybody needs to chill the fuck out (laughs) and sit back and have some fun with some cheese man some cheese so back to planet planet pluton yeah pluton i was like is that pluto no it's pluton <laughs> yeah and okay. we are we are we are brought into the sanitation department uh there's a real there's a there was like a, a really long subtitle for this it was like sanitation department mutant creature disposal unit and they focus in on this really creepy looking monster with one eye and then there's an alien kind of uh i guess he's the He's the garbage man. He's the garbage man of that planet. Yeah, and he ejects the alien into space <laughs> um, in a ping pong effect where you, there's just like these styrofoam balls and you see this cool lightning effect ping ponging off of all the planets. Yeah. Like, where's it going to go? I have no idea. And from that, it shoots into the credits. Yeah, right? and it, when it shoots into RT, essentially RTV, yes. it comes right at us. But yeah, and then the, the credits start. But that whole little scene, which was, you know, probably about a minute long, minute and a half, something like that. Absolutely just lovely from beginning to end. I totally enjoyed it. Even the set design on the inside, when you go inside his little workstation, it was bright and vibrant and colorful, and it was just a lot of fun. Even the alien design was fun. Yeah, the, the people who, uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit, because the guy who did all the special effects, he's pretty well known as well. The, the, you could tell, like, these are real artists that were doing this. Even the, just, yeah, the overall set design was super rad. Yeah, that, honestly, the sets of like every set in this movie is my favorite character of the movie <laughs> yeah there's a lot to deep <laughs> to unpack deconstruct there. Yeah. yes uh but yeah it jumps right into the credits and um, immediately the 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 characters or the actors who were uh, announced it's kind of a who's who of like 80s 
um, genre movie people. Like uh, the, one of the characters, Diane Franklin's in it, and she was from, I mean, it, if you don't know who Diane Franklin is, then you probably are not listening to this podcast because Diane Franklin has been in everything from Last American Virgin to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Better Off Dead. Uh, the list goes on. She's, she's She wasn't in Night of the Comet, was she? She was not in Night of the I Comet. I always confuse, I think I confused uh, Diane Franklin with the, one of the girls in there. Catherine Mary Stewart, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but no, she's, when I was younger, I, I, I didn't, you know, probably recognize her or whatever, but you watching it now, I'm like, holy crap, she's in it. She was in so many so movies. So much. And then you've got Mary Warnov, who uh, was, uh, again, well, she was in Night of the Comet, actually. Oh, okay. So there you go. Um, as a smaller character. Genre, B-movie level actress. Great character actor. Um, she plays Raquel. Oh, and sorry, Diana Franklin plays Susie. Mary Warnoff plays Raquel, the mom. Garrett Graham plays Stan, or Stanley, the dad. I loved him in this movie. This guy is awesome. Yeah. He, yeah, he was The in... faces that he makes are fantastic. Yeah, I was introduced to him through this movie. And didn't realize he's been in a bunch of other B movies. Yeah, most notably Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, which is, that's the one where he has that white helmet on or something. Yeah. I've always wanted to see that movie. I've never seen it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, I, I didn't realize it, it had come out so long ago. It's like 1974. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy old. And sometimes I forget De Palma was like working back then. I always oh, yeah. picture him as like a late 70s, early 80s guy. Yeah, because he's been around for a long time. Yeah, I think Carrie came out. Uh, after that, and this might have been one of his first movies. Okay, and and yeah, he's in Phantom of the Paradise, which is a great uh, rock and roll horror musical. It's 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 awesome. So he plays the dad in this, and then you've got um, Chad Allen. Chad Allen. From, I know him from uh, I know him from Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. That's, of course you do. I I don't know why I knew I, my mom. My mom must have watched it. I I I have so many mem- memories of Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. I don't. My God, why? I purge purge them from my brain. Please. Was that a CBS show? It must have been. It had to be. My mom must have watched it. That's probably why I saw it. I guess it was. It was probably sandwiched between Murder She Wrote and uh, I, I don't know Magnum PI. Yeah. Magnum PI is rad, but <laughs> but come on. I mean, these were the movies like your grandparents would be watching, and you're like, oh, can't we just watch? Full House, or, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Family Matters on TGI Friday, and I think she was she was probably watching like thirty something at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Well, she was also thirty something at that. <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> these are the things now we watch, and our kids will be like, "Oh, you're watching that again?" Yeah. So yeah, I, that she he was known as Doctor Quinn's Medicine Woman, but he's awesome. He plays Sherman or Shermy, uh, Sherm as I like to call him. Um, yeah, and then there's. Burt Ramsen playing Grandpa, and Burt Ramsen, I won't go down his resume, but he's he's been in a ton of movies as a character actor. You'll recognize him right away, and he's just got an iconic face. He's, he's I mean, everybody in this movie is great. Every performance is top-notch. Top-notch. <laughs> especially, especially O.D. Well, O.D., probably the biggest name from this movie, yeah. right? At the time, not so much, but O.D. is played by O.D. Riley. Because he's Irish, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Odie Riley, played by Jonathan Grease, who goes by John Grease now, which I, a lot of us know as uh, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, everybody. I think at the time I used to be kind of butthurt about that because I'm like, you know, he's not just Uncle Rico. 
He was in Real Genius, Laszlo Hollyfeld. He's the Wolfman from Monster Squad. Yes, he is. Yep. He is so good. Yeah. So good in this. And OD, probably one of my favorite performances of him. Hopefully, I'll meet him down the road. We will meet him down the road and just tell him what a memorable performance this was and honestly i i talked about um monster squad on my very first podcast with the blast from our past boys uh we're on their network on the blast from our past network and you guys can go uh, listen to that episode when you get a chance after you're done with this one of course but <laughs> i do talk about how much i enjoyed his wolfman performance in monster squad because he brought so much humanity when he was in you know human form there uh and that's probably where i first recognized him from because again this movie uh, terror vision uh, uh, is not something that I was as fond of as a kid, having having been terrified by it. So John uh, Grease uh, was was Monster Squad for me, but honestly, at this point, yeah, Napoleon Dynamite's where I think of him instantly now. At, at, at this point, yeah, for me, I go down Real Genius because okay. that that is my number three movie of all time, uh, or no, possibly number two. It depends on what day of the week. Yeah, it depends on how you're feeling. Like what mood I'm in. <laughs> I think he's, I mean, if you go, if you like look up his, his resume on IMDb, it's kind of a who's who of great movies. He was also in Fright Night Part 2. Oh, well, are we, are, we're going to get to Fright Night Oh, we're going to get to Fright Night. Are we going to get to Part 2 eventually, I think, think we need to get to Fright Night Part I think Fright Night Part 2 is uh, pretty underrated Okay, as a sequel. I'm looking forward to discussing it. I know we're going to get to Return of the Living Dead Part 2 oh, on this no at doubt. some point. No doubt. But, but rounding out the cast, uh, Alejandro Rey, who's kind of a classical actor, plays Spiro. Okay. And Randy Brooks uh, plays Cherry. Ooh. Spiro and Cherry are swingers. Yes. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, Jennifer Richards plays Medusa, who's kind of like an Elvira character. Oh, man. I was in love with Medusa, she buddy. She's fantastic. <laughs> and then you've got Sonny Carl Davis as Norton. And Norton, this this actor, uh, I would say he's best known as the guy who gets Judd Reinhold's character fired from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that's why I kind of recognized <laughs> him. Is that he says, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass? Yeah, because yeah. he says, you know, I didn't like my burger or whatever it was, you know. He Norton was great in this movie. Or Norton's awesome. Yeah. I mean, again, everybody's great. Yes. And then there's Ian Patrick Williams, who plays uh, Nutkey, <laughs> Officer Nutkey. Oh, okay. <laughs> and at, actually, that guy's been in a ton of stuff as well. But that's that rounds out the you know there's a few other smaller named characters oh yeah. well there's the guy who plays Pluthar who's the the garbage the, man, the garbage man alien garbage man played by William Paulson and John Lemur is the chauffeur slash um, production manager director yeah. of of Medusa I Medusa's guess. late night yeah. show was yeah. he in it was has he been in other stuff too no I mean you look him up on IMDb he I mean he's he's actually got he's in From Beyond uh, Zone Troopers he's been in a bunch of B horror films zone troopers i can picture the the movie poster for that in my head great poster <laughs> terrible movie oh i'm sure i never <laughs> saw it because my i think my gut at the time i was like you know what i'm gonna trust my gut on this one and just leave it at that it's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious um okay so let let the, so that rounds out the cast of the who's who of b and c level actors it's it's in in the music with in the beginning of the movie it's like uh it, 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 it reminds me of those 1950s movies where they show all the credits first, and at the end of the movie, they just say, 
the end. Yeah. What? Yeah, like in like Invader, it's like a, an Invaders from Mars type of thing. And was that uh, Toby Hooper did Invaders from Mars a remake? Toby Hooper did the Invaders from Mars remake. That's correct. Yeah. And um, oh, I was going to mention one more thing. The, the, the special effects design was by a guy named John Carl Buchler. I think I'm saying his name correctly. I apologize if I'm not. He's been, he's done a ton of genre special effects. Everything from Hatchet, which was a I loved Hatchet. Very <laughs> underrated B level slasher movie. That was a uh, Kane Kane Hodder played yeah. Hatchet. Uh, dude, I, I've actually seen every single one of them, and I love them all. They are the most bloodiest, splatteriest kills I've ever seen in a movie. And that movie's fun. And again, that's another movie that's supposed to be fun and not taken seriously. No, no, and that's an homage to all the great '80s, '70s, and '80s slasher movies. Exactly. Right? Yeah, the guy the guy's done a ton of special effects. Um, most notably Hatchet, I would say, and Friday Thirteenth as well. And then the director. Oh, sorry. Of course. Well, I mentioned uh, Albert Band and Charles Bands okay. being the producers of the movie. And then Richard Band being the music composer. But the director, how could I forget the director, Ted Nicolau, who directed one of my favorite vampire B-level movies of all time, Subspecies. Oh, no way. Yeah. That's Full Moon. I yeah. remember. I've seen Subspecies. Ted Nicolau is a is. Oh, there's one other person I'm going to mention as well, but I'll get back to that in a second. Um, Ted Nicolau is a great uh, B-movie director. If you look up his resume, Subspecies being, to me, one of the best. Seed People, I think he also did, which is another full moon. He's worked a lot with Charles Band, and I love that. There was This was, I, you don't see that that much anymore, where there are a group of guys who make movies together. Right. And they do the same genre. They might branch out a little bit maybe they just do horror they do a couple sci-fi here and there but this group of guys did so many great b-level horror films straight to video i mean if if you grew up in the 80s and the 90s like full moon was a big deal i've seen almost every full moon movie out there i think up until probably a point you know, um, and as a kid, it was just probably the easiest way to see boobs. <laughs> you know, well, of course, I mean, of course, all these movies were. I mean, that's, that's, that's the point. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I like, and it's not like an auteur scenario, but it's it's that it's like auteur adjacent, where like you're working with the same team versus like it just being all about the one director. And I like that too. I liked, I, like you said, it's almost like a troupe, like a you know, like an acting troupe. Um, and it's cool. And then Full Moon, man, Full Moon's awesome. To this day, Full Moon's still awesome. Yeah, I mean, th- th- this movie has a large, like, Italian... I think they actually filmed this in Italy. Yeah, I, I think so. That's... Uh, I think the crew was... was it? Uh, yeah. Because um, I think we, we saw the documentary, but we watched it a couple of years ago. And I believe... That was one of the things that, that they filmed over there. I mean, everything was a set, essentially, except for, I think, that out, outdoor shot, basically, like the front yard. Yeah, the, it, everything felt... And, it, and that led, leads to me, like, leads to the charm of the movie overall. Agreed. Yeah, so this movie has so much going on for a genre fan. If you're a fan of the genre, and you are, if you're listening to our podcast, you'll totally get the fact that this movie has everybody that shaped, helped shape the 80s and early 90s for horror and sci-fi on the VHSB level. Yeah. So let's jump right in the movie. <laughs> After that long extended cast. Um, we open on the backyard of the Puttermans' home. Right. And the Puttermans being the main family of the movie. Who live on Putterman Drive, by the way. Yes, I noticed that <laughs> later on in the in the movie you find out uh, that they live on Putterman Drive. So they pretty much just bought that huge plot of land. And they're filthy little... rich. Oh, they're filthy rich. 
um, because they have quite possibly the biggest satellite you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> I mean, that is the satellite that they are setting up there is like it's like SETI, man. It's you can listen to aliens on that thing, and that's ironic. That that's what happens. Aliens come through it. And and this was at a time when satellites were really that was a it was a what do you call it a status symbol. Yeah. If you yeah. had a big satellite, that meant you were somebody. Exactly. I, I remember moving into a home in like 1990. Um, and there was a big satellite in the backyard and it wasn't hooked up to anything, but I thought, Oh, we finally have a satellite. There was no pool. The backyard looked like shit, but they had a big satellite. So, Ooh, we're, we're somebody now. Well, consumerism, baby. That was uh, Reaganomics. That was the eighties. <laughs> Reaganomics. So, uh, we, we, you know, we focus in on Stanley who is uh, Stanley Putterman, who's working on the satellite, and he's bitching about it because he, why does he have to do that? But meanwhile, the satellite guy, Norton, uh, who's drinking a Heineken. Who's drinking a Heineken. This is the first appearance by one of the strongest co-hosts in the, in the whole movie, Heineken Bottles. <laughs> this movie was sponsored by Heineken and uh, also referred as Heine. They want a Heine. I can't have a Heine. What, no Heines for the road? <laughs> but yeah, Norton's, Norton's sucking on his, uh, on his Heine like it's going out of style. He's sucking on his Heine and saying, you know, he can't help Stan because he only works... On, he only does repairs. Well, because he only bought the repair package. He he bought like so. Stanley is cheap, so he bought the do-it-yourself 100 version, with came with no installation, but only repairs. Like that's the only thing that that Norton could lift his hand for. But the the interesting thing about the scene right from the gate, the acting is already odd and different. Yeah, it's it's sort of stage acting. It's kind of theatric acting, I guess. Yeah, but everyone's making just exaggerated sort of facial expressions. Yeah, it's very over the top. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a perfect way to describe it. There, it feels like you're watching a stage play. Uh, back in high school, and coupled <laughs> yeah, coupled with the fact that the backyard is clearly also a set, like you know, it has that whole typical like you know like the. You can tell it's a wall behind the, the trees or the shrubs that are right there, and the wall just kind of fades from blue to you know light from the city. But like it's it's very it's cheap looking, but not bad looking. Uh, you know, like and that's yeah. right away you, you know what this movie's about. Like right out of the gate, if if Pluton didn't tell you, if the models on Pluton didn't tell you, this tells you right here they're not hiding the fact that this is cheesy. No, and it's supposed they're to embrace be. embracing it. And yeah, if you don't get that right out of the gate. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and then you're watching the wrong... Well, this isn't for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is is not for you. No. So, uh, enter Gramps. Grandpa enters, and... um and, and and I think Sherman enters at that point, too. Yeah. And they're all decked out in military garb. And uh, I love Grandpa. He's got this um, Air Force captain's hat on with planes attached to it. He's got the craziest outfit I've ever seen because his jacket has a gazillion medals on it. <laughs> yeah. So you're not quite sure if he's insane or if he really is like a vet, you know, yeah. World War II vet or something. And he's, you know, he's like, uh, like gosh dang, satellite, what are you yeah. working on over there? And he has the craziest old man eyebrows I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. No one's trimming those he's things. Awesome. It's fantastic. And, and everything is fooey, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Stan says, you know, so we can get, so we can watch MTV or whatever, and he's like, MTV? 
MTV fooey. Yeah. Everything's fooey. Yeah. Downtown fooey. But you you already uh, oh because he comes in from going downtown or something like yeah. that. But yeah, he has a he, he him and him and um, Stanley the kid. No, no, I'm sorry, not Stanley the kid. Sherman. Him Sherman. and Sherman uh, are like inseparable. Like they're like best friends. Oh yeah. And that's great. what I love about it. That's one of the things that I really dug. Yeah, he, I really hope your grandfather was not like Grant. No, he wasn't crazy like that. But it, we did like like do stuff together, like run around the house, and you know, like when I was younger and everything. Grandpa no, didn't. Do he wasn't business, crazy though. though. Did Grandpa didn't take care of business? No, Grandpa did not <laughs> okay. take care of business. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> take so, care of business. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, while this is all going on, uh, Stanley's wife, Sherman's mom, and Grandpa's daughter, Rachel. Or Raquel, sorry, Raquel is is doing her Jane Fonda workout, and she's complaining because the satellite's not working, and she can't get her signal to finish her uh, her workout program or whatever she says. And meanwhile, she's flexing her. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell she's doing. Yeah, some weird workout, like neck thing or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and Norton's ogling her while Stan's work. There's so much perversion from the get go, but that's what makes it so funny. Mm-hmm. It's it's not because it's like it's plate playful perversion i guess if you will because this movie's super perverted and it's twisted really perverted and for a movie with no nudity it's 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 risque but yeah again it's it's a playful risque yeah. and you could you don't get a lot of it as a kid no. and maybe because it isn't as like overtly sexual and i say that when i realized like you know it is overtly sexual but as like a, an eight-year-old or a ten-year-old watching it, you don't kind of pick up on all those things. Yeah. You know, you as a kid, you sort of need there to be like either sex on the screen or like actual like breasts or something hanging out for you to say, "Oh, that's sexual." You kind of just miss all the innuendo. Yeah, this is this is very yeah yeah. You, but they're they're not trying to hide them. Don't get me wrong. No. I'm just saying like once you pass the age of ten, you can, you'll probably pick up on them. But if you're watching this before ten, it all goes right over your head. Yeah, because there's things in this movie that you won't get as a kid that. Because kids are literal, more literal yeah. than this. But um, it's it's so hilarious, though, because it's it's just so in your face. And yeah, if you really think about it, there's no nudity in this movie. There's no swearing in this movie. Uh, the only swearing there is 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 on a PG level, probably at the time a G level, because people are calling each other butt face and butthole. But um, it, and the gore is so ridiculously over the top. The fact that this movie's rated R is probably because of the subject matter more yeah, than anything else. Probably. <laughs> so, now, did you notice? Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Did you notice that Sherman, when he comes in with his his gun, uh, that was one of those Intertech water guns? I was from just the 80s? gonna say his Intertech uh, machine gun. I dude, I just I think your buddy uh, the '80s magazine. I think somebody I was following on Instagram posted one of those old Intertech commercials. I was like, oh my god, I had like all of them back when the water guns were like looked like guns and painted black they were like molded in black yeah no thriller no thriller posted a a commercial from entertech yet they were terrible yeah like the worst because those guns I don't think they were, but they could have been responsible for so many accidental shootings. No, dude, we heard about kids getting shot uh, back in the '80s with oh, these. Like, really? Like one kid had a had a laser. Yeah, like had a laser tech gun. He got shot or something, and then the intertech, and that's what pushed. Um, uh, and I think I think somebody used like one of those intertech guns to like rob you know places. So I think that's what like pushed them a to 
you know, and then you couldn't make them all black. And then yeah. you had to like, you could use the same mold. So it looked like a gun, but it was that neon orange and green, which are, that's my favorite versions. I actually think those are really cool. But then, then Super Soaker just won, you know, yeah. like at the end of the day, Super Soaker literally came in and just won and just destroyed Entertech. Because Entertech required batteries to yep. use and yep. Super Soaker, you could just pump it. And I remember I had the Entertech machine gun that was almost a, a, uh, identical replica of Jack Burton's machine gun from Big Trouble in Little China okay. that he uses. And I remember thinking I was Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, and there was something about uh, they didn't function really well. The, I think the battery part of it... Would putting, get wet and, and yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, that's a novel idea. Let's put electrical parts into a water blaster yeah, for kids. It would be like, obviously, like the M16, the clip would be the water where you'd hold the water, but then the, the, the batteries would be in the handle. And I know they were probably thinking like, oh, yeah, they like, but when you're a kid and you're just like swapping the batteries out and your hands are wet, you know, you don't care. So no. there was massive amounts of like corrosion inside those. Yeah, inter-tech. totally. <laughs> yeah, I think eventually I just used it as a gun. I didn't even Yeah, use it I didn't a- even bother with it as a water gun, truthfully. <laughs> yeah, but Sherm is all decked out in his, in his I mean, I, I dressed that way. Me too. I, I loved wearing camouflage. Yeah, everything, dude. I mean, the, the, I think the age that he was right there was probably the age I was at the exact same time. Um, and yeah, dude, during the eighties at that time, A Team, Rambo, the cartoon, somewhere in that area. I don't know the exact date, but like. I remember it was very like big deal. Like you, you camo and you go out in the woods and you pretend to fight commies. That's oh, what yeah. I did. It was either, I was either in the woods fighting commies because it was red dawn or I was in the woods fighting, I don't know, Ewoks because I was uh, a biker scout, right? <laughs> like it was return of the Jedi. And what this kid gets to do, what Sherman gets to do in this movie, I think for kids at that age, uh, is, is like every kid's little fantasy, every boy, at least every boy's fantasy. Yeah. Getting to play army. Yes, exactly. And for real too. Oh, for real. Yeah. Um, so finally, the satellite, they seem to get it working. They get to watch the TV and they're flipping channel. Oh, yeah. Enter Susie, who's the, like the rock and roll da- uh, daughter. She's all decked out. And uh, they start watching like a samurai movie. And, you know, Sherman's into that. He thinks it's cool. And then there's marching troops and grandpa loves that. And then. According to Stan, Channel 69, he tells Grandpa. Yeah, he tells Grandpa. But everybody's there. Everyone's there watching. And then all of a sudden, like, an orgy comes on the (laughs) screen. And it's, you know, again, it's a play. It's like, they don't show anything. Yeah, did you notice? It's people just rubbing shoulders. (laughs) No, it's a a full-on sex scene. But, like, they did such a good job of cutting it, like, perfectly that you don't actually see anything but just skin everywhere. And I was like... And to your point about this, real this movie really does not have anything other than the idea of of risqueness to it. No, no, not at all. And and it, and I think as a kid, I was like, "Ew, this is so gross." Because it's gross for yeah for any kid to be watching this. You should not be watching this if you're a kid. Yeah. But you know, but the dad is like super into it, and the mom super into it, which is really disgusting. And the grandpa is super into it, and then Susie and Sherman are like, ew. And right? I mean, Susie does throughout this entire movie. It is a who's who of catchphrases from the eighties. Like, <laughs> barf me out, man. Gross me out. You know. And it's just like it's amazing. And her. She looks amazing. She doesn't even look like Diane Franklin. Like, if you look at Diane Franklin mm-hmm. from Better Off Dead, where she plays the little French girl yeah. uh, who's, you know, staying at the creepy uh, house, 
she's an exchange student or whatever. Looks nothing like no. her. You wouldn't even, or from uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you wouldn't even recognize her. Well, because she's blonde, and I mean, it's clearly a wig, but I think they have some of her, I think she did dye her hair blonde for something because it looked like it wasn't like, like it was like on top of her real hair. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. Um, but just the, her makeup, her outfit, I mean, she looks exactly like, if you showed me a picture of her now, I'd be like, oh, that, that person did a good job going to one of those 80s bars, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, no, no, that's really how a person dressed from 1986. No, it's so great. It's so great. And then, and her eye makeup was fantastic. Oh, she's like, she's so decked out. She looks pure 86 to me. Pure 80s, early 80s. Um, and then they cut to MTV and Wasp is playing on the video uh, or on the TV. And the connection there is um, Blackie Lawless, who's the lead singer of Wasp, was in... Uh, Ted Nicolaou's movie, The Dungeon Master. He oh, was okay. the lead villain. It's a great, an- another great, like, kind of 80s Dungeons and Dragon kind of movie, Sword and the Sorcerer. I never saw it, but I can see the movie poster in, in my mind's eye. He's so creepy looking in Dungeon Master. Okay. And he's creepy in general, but the, yeah, it's so cool. Like, Wasp is playing, and, and so they, they start arguing over who's going to watch the, what. And this is the first of many times the satellite receiver gets broken or busted. And so it gets some weird signal going on the, coming on the screen. And then enter Medusa. And now, okay, pause for a second here. I'm, and I kept asking myself this question the whole time. What time of the day is this? Because this movie seems to take place over the course of one night. But they turn on Medusa... Who's like who? She's got her midnight horror thon. Yeah, right. So, and then, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And it is one of those like infinite night movies where everything does take place in one night, but too much stuff happens yeah. that by the end of it, it had to be five a.m. Yeah, but everyone's wide awake. Yeah, this <laughs> is know? this is my one. This is like one of my minor flaws about the movie. It's the idea of like when does this take place? So yeah, I guess I guess it's probably about eight o'clock right there. So she starts. And it's one of those live shows where you can actually call in. So yeah, it's like a local horror thing, like Fright Night, basically yeah. like Fright Night. It's a, it's a riff on that. Yeah, she's Peter Vincent. Basically, but with huge knockers. And Grandpa says that. Like, look at those. What is he, what is he, he says, look at those knockers. <laughs> His direct, line, the direct quote is, look at those hooters. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I actually wrote it down. <laughs> you look at those hooters. Um, she's probably the most risque f- aspect of this movie, you yeah. know, even though there is uh, implied fivesome later. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, and, and I love, I think right after that, uh, the, they, they, the, the family talks about wanting to turn, on, turn off the station, and Grandpa gets upset, and he says, yeah, war movie, war stories and horror stories are, are educational. They're survival films or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, they're survival films. He, I think he said because uh, uh, they always persevere in the end or kill the monster in the end or something <laughs> like that, which is funny because they don't in this. This nope. is not a survival this film. This has a dark ending. Exactly. Spoiler which, alert. Which is probably another reason it sort of freaked me out as a kid. Me too. Um, so also, did you? I assume you picked up on the fact that the mom and the dad told the kids that they're going to go swing later? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, for, I didn't divulge that, but yes. Yeah, so like, and this is, it's during this scene, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah it they're, is. They're, they're like, okay, we got to go, go get ready to go swing later. Yeah, we, we got to get ready. <laughs> We got to get ready to go swing. I remember as a kid, I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Well, I was about to find out pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. But prior to that, you enter enter the coolest character in the movie, O.D. And O.D. comes in. And I think at that that's when Stan goes, what is he, an Irish boy? 
<laughs> something like that. And uh and and then everybody when he enters this enters the screen, everyone has the worst sourpuss look on their face. <laughs> I loved it. In my note, honestly, his interaction with the parents, I go, Odie actually seems like kind of a nice guy. Oh, he he actually is a really he is if you sort think about of. It. He's he can be. You know what? He's 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 around. He's a, he's a person. He's got yeah. good sides. He's got bad sides. I'd say he has more good than bad. I I think so too. And that's what I thought was actually kind of funny because yeah. he comes in and he's like he gives you that look. And he's like, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. And he's just he's super nice. He's, but then he does the whole boot thing. But we'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we get to that in a minute. But um, that's that's when Stan. Uh, Susie says, Mom, can we use the jacuzzi tonight? And then and then the mom, Raquel, says, not tonight. Your father and I are swinging. Oh, that's when she <laughs> says it. My God. Dude, that's insane to say that to your kids. <laughs> I mean, I have to take a moment for myself because it's so absurd. It's so absurd. Hey, I, I don't I don't get it. But, I mean, this this movie is absurd. That's, that's the point. But, yeah. like. Jesus, I mean, I, I that's one way one way to raise a kid, right? Just yeah. be honest with them. And yes, be truthful of who you are. I sure. I guess <laughs> you're giving a lot of wowzers. Credit. Wait, are we going into a whole hardware story now? I are don't you def- know. You're going to defend us? No, <laughs> you're going to defend swinging with your life? <laughs> no, no, it's but wrong. I, it's but wrong. I, but I will defend hardware with my life. <laughs> of course, you will. Um, what is it? Uh, what's the tagline? Uh, this is what you want. This is what oh, that you was get. the move. That was the song. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Parents exit. Od's playing air guitar to himself, <laughs> while Sherman and Grandpa are watching uh, TV. Like, it, and it's such a commentary on how we get sucked into the TV. It just becomes like brainwashes us, basically. And then uh, Od's like, "Hey, little dude, what are you watching?" Little <laughs> metal dude. And then I think at that point, um, oh no, he's like, "What are you eating?" That's right. What do you eat? Because Sherman and uh, his grandpa are eating something. Looks yeah. like beef jerky. And then grandpa says, lizard jerky. Want to want to try a stick or something like that? And uh, and he goes into the whole spiel about lizards are great because you can cut their tails off and make it into jerky. And then they grow back a new one. And eat it again. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask you, you're so close to your grandpa. Did you ever eat lizard jerky with your grandpa? Nope. Definitely did not. <laughs> <laughs> and then meanwhile... That's when O.D. utters the very – my my. I used to rewind this scene so much with my brother because we laughed our asses off when he goes, hey, little dude, kiss the boot. <laughs> what is that? So he goes like something like, do you like metal or something? Yeah, are you, are you into, into metal? metal? Kiss the boot. Is that a metal thing from the mid-'80s? I, I don't – I have no idea. Me neither. I'd have to ask my brother on that because he was a huge metalhead in 86. Okay. But I don't – it was like kiss the boot, they're his – Rep, like you know, kiss the ring of the Godfather yeah. or whatever. Or was it a wasp thing? Because he also uh, OD's wearing a wasp shirt. Yeah, wasp and Heineken got like a bunch yeah. of promotion. In yeah, this. this was this movie was very big for wasp and Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> was it? <laughs> but then, uh, and I love Sherman takes his Entertech machine gun, sticks it in his crotch, and says. <laughs> Kiss the ass, bozo. (laughs) And it's so stupid, but it's so fucking funny. Like Sherman, the Sherman is such a cute kid character too. He's like, he he just looks like every silver spoon looking blonde hair, blue eyed shit from back in the eighties. Like, Oh, he's so cute. And he's, and he's saying some like hardcore stuff and he's this little hardcore kid. 
So the parents go swinging, right? Well, actually, real quick, I oh, yeah, did. Yeah. No, but it was just uh, it was a throwaway scene. I didn't expect you to really uh, uh, go into it. But when the dad and the mom are getting dressed in the in the ba- bathroom, oh yeah, and yeah. they say it's like, do you see what he's wearing or something? And they just make a joke. Where he's like, oh, they just like kids today look ridiculous or something as he's putting on his his ridiculous gold ne- necklace. That's, that's right. It's it's almost as if like he should have just looked into the camera and winked, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was funny. I was like, okay, cool. Like the, the director's also going to be making fun of these people too. Like the the director, they're making fun of everybody. Everybody. They're, like they're not saying that the, the this is not a kids movie. Not saying the kids are right. Not saying the the parents are right. They're saying that this is the MTV generation and everything is ridiculous. Yeah. This is actually reminds me of Mary with Children. Yeah. Where everybody's an asshole. Right. Like, like yeah, everyone's like ridiculous yeah. or just not like, yeah, the best person on earth. You <laughs> yeah. Know? They're, they're all horrible. Yeah. Cause the dad uh, at this point has like eight gold necklaces on his body. Yeah. With, and he's where he's like straight out of the 70s. And the mom has this kind of slutty outfit on. And, and yeah, they're getting ready to go swing. And then grandpa is, uh, you know, trying to find a new channel on the satellite. I guess he gets bored watching Medusa. And he opens up a connection to the monster, and and uh, and I think he says something like, you know, oh, he's a gross looking booger or something like yeah. that. Yeah, right? and then, and then they get bored with it because they just sit there and stare at it because it doesn't change. And like, okay, we're bored here. Yeah, <laughs> Grandpa says, I nuked that sucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. So and then it goes back to Medusa, and and she's she's like, yeah, she's this late night hostess, but. At, at this point, and then again, I, I was asking about the time because I'm thinking, like, this feels like this is like seven o'clock at night because the parents are getting ready to go out to dinner or whatever with the swingers. And I'm thinking, usually this was a show that would be on at night, late night, hence midnight horror thon or yeah. whatever. This was kind of weird, but she's talking about, you know, you kinky little perverts out there, give me a call. Yeah, so she's risque too. Almost like, yeah, like a. 976 number from yeah. back in the day. She's like a hyper-sexualized Elvira, yes. truthfully. And, and woof, she she was sporting some cans on her. <laughs> As uh, Grandpa would say, look at them hooters! <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Grandpa and, and uh, Sherman are, are like, falling asleep because I guess Susie and OD have also left at this point. Everyone leaves and, and Sherman and grandpa are asleep on the couch with their blanket Yep, and enters the monster enters through their television through a weird signal and goes under the covers. And that's when we, they first get introduced to the monster and they freak out. Right. And, uh, and, and they both jump behind the couch and Sherman's convinced it's a monster and Grandpa's like, no, it's a burglar. Wearing a Halloween mask. A Halloween, one of them Halloween masks. Yeah, one of them Halloween masks. <laughs> because when they scream at it, it it takes off. Yeah, it screams and kind of run and like disappears. You don't really know what happens, but you hear the sound. So later, you know that just get it's got zip zaps back into the TV essentially. Yeah, and and I think uh, Grandpa says it's a it's a god dang burglar. Yeah, right. So they so from that point they rush to their underground bunker. Yeah. Which is so cool. That thing was awesome. I loved that as a kid. I wanted that to be like my fort. And they arm themselves to the T. Like, Grandpa, of course Grandpa has every single weapon you can think of. And um, and Gone is the Intertech machine gun. And from the rest of the movie, Sherman has a real live M16 loaded and, you know. <laughs> legit and ready <laughs> legit, to rock. ready to rock, ready to <laughs> kill something. So at the same time, Norton, for some unexplained reason, comes back. 
with oh, some monitors. Uh, there was a throwaway line uh, where uh, Stanley either called Morton. I think he said he was going to call him to tell him to come oh. back and fix it because it's not broken. Or it's not doing the signal. Um, so that, that can bring Norton back because he you know paid for the, the warranty, but he didn't pay for the installation. That's so, right. So Norton comes back. And, he, and also there's like, you know, a little funny bit at the very beginning where Norton's like, well, you paid for the warranty. He's like, oh, really? Did I? And then he hits the, Stanley hits the, the, the dish with his hammer to kind of mock sort of break yes. it like now you fix it sort of thing yeah now you have to work on it <laughs> yeah. um, but so Norton comes back and he's and and the one line that I noted because he's still upset about a Heine uh, again first scene he kept wanting to drink more Heinekens and the dad was <laughs> yeah. like look if you're gonna be here and drink my Heinies then <laughs> then you better help and he's like well I can't help you know so now Norton's like grumbling he's like couldn't even get a Heine for the road and I'm like and I wrote that down and I go ah Ah, the 80s, when you could just, like, have a road beer, you know? <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, referred to as a road soda, which we all, I'm sure, partake with now, every now and then. But sure. back in the day, it was kind of commonplace for people back to do that. Back in the day, I think it was extremely commonplace. Yeah, yeah so so Norton enters the house, and uh, there's SM, S&M and nude paintings everywhere. Oh, so I wrote it down that it's like, <laughs> that's where the, I bet you that's where the rated R came from, because mm. the actual nudity is in all the... The uh, Nagel Nigel, remember the artist in the eighties? Yeah, N- uh, N- Nagel. Nagel. Yeah, it yeah. was it's who did all like Duran Duran like, yeah. artwork and stuff like it's that. It's all like Nagel inspired esque style yes. artwork, but inspired. it's but it's all nude, like in straight porn. Yeah, it's yeah, it's legit porn prints on the walls, and that's that was freaking me out too because I'm like. Oh, so gross. This is, as a kid, that's the last thing you want to see is a, a like an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old, a bunch of naked like SM, S&M paintings on the wall. And some it's of so them, like, nasty. And some of them are like abstract and yeah. whatnot. And, uh, and even in the hallway, they have like these statues. And one of the statues <laughs> is like Venus, but water sprouting out of her nipples. <laughs> And it's just like, so, I mean, it's so wrong. Your kids are going to grow up to be deviants. Yeah, no That's wonder this, this kid looks like, you know, th- this kid nowadays in our climate would be considered a future Columbine kid. Yes. Clearly. He, he, he will be a deviant. He will be. And the daughter, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know what's funny? Her dad's in the picture, so she'll probably turn out okay. Because yeah. that's like that's like the biggest thing is if the dad's not around, yeah. she'll probably turn out that's fine. That's true. But the son, he's going to be a deviant. Oh, he's going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be. Ter- <laughs> yeah. So Norton with his super high high waisted pants, which uh, <laughs> his outfit I was, was like, ridiculous. Oh, that's so- These outfits are amazing. He's he's in the back working on it, and Grandpa uh, Grandpa's scouting out. While uh, Sherman, he tells Sherman to guard the, the Greek statues, right? Yeah. And then meanwhile, Grandpa's like heading off to the bar to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Sherman's yelling out to him. He's like, you just keep doing your job or whatever. And Norton, while that's going on, Norton gets taken out yep. by, the, by the alien. And you, and don't, it, you don't see it. That one's not, you don't see that one, but you know it happens. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious why they didn't show that. Because pretty much every character from that point on, they show get wasted. Uh, I think they, they saved it for Grandpa because yeah. Grandpa gets it probably the worst. That's true. Yeah. So so while he's getting taken out, the monster appears on the TV while Grandpa's watching, and then 
Grandpa gets aced. And then Grandpa gets taken out in the worst way possible. The worst death of the movie. So the monster ingests you by, like, basically poking you with some kind of, you know, claw thingy. And then melting you from the inside and then slurping up all of your your goo. It's sort of like the fly, how the fly ate, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. It's a good point. I never thought about that. Kind of melts you. And I think this is... This is when, as a kid, I was just like, oh, no, this is not the kind of movie I want to be watching. Because tonally, it is kind of odd that, you know, it's not really that crazy. Of, well, it is a really crazy, weird movie, but it's not, I don't know. And then it goes so extremely violent like yeah. this. Yeah. And and I don't know if the violence is, like, unintentionally horrific, but, like, getting melted from the inside is a pretty horrible way to go. Oh, yeah, and his head's getting crushed. Yeah. It's, 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 it is the the amount of slime that they use for this movie is over the top. It's it's more slime in this probably than in, in all the Ghostbuster movies combined. Yeah, right. And it is so much slime. It's so disgusting, and it's so and and, and mix that in with the sexuality. It's it's because it, the slime gets connected to that in a yeah. little bit. But uh, it's so gross, and and then there's like this big pile of like vomit spunk on the ground yeah and and sherman freaks out right sherman comes in and sees the pile of sp- and the monster yeah and retreats to the bunker and calls uh 911 and gets shouted at by the cops because <laughs> he's like the monster and the tv guy and grandpa and like he just you know he sounds like a typical little kid yeah having a panic attack and the and a nut a nut key is like you know yelling at him like you know don't bother us again and you know you can go to jail if we if you uh well it's it's interesting the the movie has this like weird small town vibe but i think aren't they sort of supposed to be outside of la or something yeah i it's definitely la right uh because i think medusa makes medusa as sherman calls her makes some sort of comment about los angeles okay somebody may, references yeah. los angeles but it still feels like a small town though that they're living in i mean this could be simi valley yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, and so on that note, enter the swingers. The swingers come back from dinner, I'm assuming. Did you notice that the dad's Porsche, uh, the license plate said Mr. Cool? Uh, no, I didn't notice that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course you noticed that. I was like, awesome. Mr. Cool, all right. Oh, my God. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, they're, they're, these are probably the uh, the only scenes that take place outside or the car is pulling up to the driveway. Yeah. Um, and it's probably, yeah, I mean, it could have been on a set, but it doesn't appear to be that way. And... uh this, that and, and and enters the two others. They're swinging couple, Cherry and Spiro. Yeah, and I thought Cherry was eighties hot. Well, she's so this actress Randy Brooks. Um, she she did a handful of movies, but one of them was called Hamburger the movie. Oh, oh shoot, yeah, okay. And Hamburger the movie can be lumped in with like Hot Dog the movie. Uh, <laughs> Summer school, oh like God. is it that kind of stuff? No, so, well, summer school is PG thirteen, but like uh, hot dog and hamburger, we're like teen sex comedy. Movies. Okay, Porky's, right. like get sure. me lumped in with Porky's, where there's always you know one character that ends up getting laid in the movie, right? And I think uh, I don't think she ever actually got nude in any of these movies, but she was always kind of sexy looking, wearing a bikini, and was her voice the same way? No. Okay. No, she put on that that affect that she puts on in the movie in Terrorvision. She puts on this weird like kind of New York nasal uh, New York wine? nasal baby voice yeah. kind of kind of like Fran Drescher a little bit yeah but but trying to be more infantile yes pretty much right away you figure out she's some sort of actress you don't know what Spiro is but he's like this older kind of dignified it, Greek guy Greek guy <laughs> now uh and and 
I don't know if we're if you're going to talk about, it, but like when Sherman comes in, yeah, I was just a, yeah, okay, uh, so yeah, so they, Sherman comes in to tell him, you know, everything's happened. But the one thing I wanted to note, did you notice that she goes, "Is he going to join us?" Or <laughs> yeah, he, that's the first thing Cherry says. Is he? Will he be joining us? And I was like, I was like, <laughs> oh a, all right. So she's either it's she's so either bad. a pervert or she doesn't quite understand what's <laughs> happening tonight. I think, which means she's dumb. And I either way. Not good. <laughs> no, it's so horrible. And the mom, Raquel, freaks out, and she's like, "I'm going to give you." She's she's assaulting her kid. She's yeah. physically assault. She's shaking the hell out of him. Yeah, uh, that's probably why he's so into guns because she's probably giving him brain damage. Jesus. And she's like, you know, I'm going to give you your pill and give it because the Valium was a big thing back yeah. in the 70s yep. and 80s. Like, yeah, I mean, you pick every, everything was fixed with a pill with your kids. <laughs> so pills bad. fixed everything. Guys, it's amazing that we even <laughs> made it th- through the 80s. You know, it's it's insane. Yeah. So so she deals with Sherman while while Stan takes the swingers to check out the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> dun 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 dun. And they sit, and they bring he brings them into their hot tub area. Where he turns on the TV, which he calls a jacuzzi multiple times. <laughs> a jacuzzi, <laughs> jacuzzi. <laughs> it is this like Olympic sized pool, and uh, <laughs> it's so bad. And and so they're watching the TV, and the the alien comes on the TV, and uh, and and they. <laughs> oh, and I think that, is that 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 point when. Um, Sherman's with his mom and they're walking in the living room yeah. and they, they see the puke on the floor and she's like, Sherman, what did you do? And she touches it. She's <laughs> like, Bleh. implying that he either threw up or pooped on the ground. Jesus. Or something. <laughs> it was so gross. And then she fucking locks him in the bunker, man. <laughs> she locks him in the bunker. And she fucking like literally puts a, a padlock on the outside of the <laughs> bunk. So she bad. locks him in the bunker to get that swinging poon. <sighs> Jesus, she's a ter- she's a horrible. She's a mother. horrible person. She is a horrible person. So Mary Warnov, the actress that plays Raquel, I just uh, remembered she's been in. Um, she was in Devil's Rejects. Oh yeah, um, who was she in Devil's Rejects? She was like a nurse in the beginning of the okay. movie. I think. All right, I have uh, to rewatch it. Small, I love that movie. Yeah, so do I. I. Really do. So I'm sure Rob Zombie put her in it because of movies like this. Yeah, she's yeah. been in. Like you look up her resume and. She, all her movies are weird, yeah, and she's a kooky character. Uh, but yeah, she she freaks out and uh, they back to the pleasure dome, and she goes off with Spiro to make some drinks, <laughs> and Spiro's like, "Have you?" <laughs> I make a great margarita. Like I don't know if he, I don't know if he's Latin or if he's from like I don't know where he's from, but he's everything is pronounced. Oh, yeah, it's very like almost George Takei, where he says you know he would say guacamole. Yeah, yeah. He his Spiro, the guy playing Spiro, was having a lot of so fun great. with that. Oh my god, he's actually my one of my well, there's. I love them all. I do too. Yeah. I love the, actually the, the the adults, the parents yeah. are my favorite characters in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and sadly, they are going to be dispatched soon, really soon. And I I found that once they were dispatched, my enjoyment level of the movie kind of went down after that. Yeah, because it's it's so over the top comic fodder, and so they like and they're all fun to like watch. <laughs> yeah, and like the lines that Spiro says, he's like, "I get a, I make a great margarita with." Do you have? 
Uzo or is it yeah, Uzo that he says? Like that. And she's like, I don't even know what that is, but it sounds great. But then wasn't his margarita <laughs> just like all vodka? Yeah. It was just it's all like vodka first... with some uh, umbrellas and that was it. <laughs> yeah, they go off to make margaritas and meanwhile Cherry hangs out with Stan and she's like, oh, that looks like a great hot tub and he's like, oh, it's 98 degrees. It's like a cool uh, warm bath or whatever your body. And she takes all her clothes off and, just, and she's wearing a bikini and she just jumps a in the hot tub. Very 80s bikini. Very 80s. 80s begin. <laughs> had a weird back to it. Did you see that thing? The way the strap is on on the top of yeah, it. Yeah, I've odd. never seen a bikini like that in my life. And I mean, it is what it is. But she's got one of those 80s boob jobs where yeah. it was just you know they look. <laughs> It looks like two parking cones on your chest. It, <laughs> it's it, so it, bad. It's a shame because she is so beautiful, and I I thought so. I I think she's very striking, and and those. Her chest looks really weird. <laughs> yeah. It, that's all I can say. And it's just because it's the 80s, man. It, it was the fucking 80s. They, it, that was, she, they probably used, what, what, did, what are you not supposed to use? Silicone, you know? Or yeah, whatever. I'm sure whatever she had out of it taken out eventually because yeah, exactly. there were like cement bags in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I realized that I've jumped a little bit ahead. I want to go back a, a moment because right before Raquel locks Sherman into the bomb shelter, Grandpa's in there. Yeah. Grandpa makes his appearance yeah. where he pokes his head. It's the alien at that point. The alien is in the – and the alien has this way of taking over the – almost like Predator where they take over the voice of the character. Yeah. I mean except it's more like the thing where he – thing, He yes. basically absorbed your, your genes, your genetics. Yes. And this falls in line with something. I am going to divert here real quick because this is where the, the, the movie did like a one-two punch for me. One <laughs> – it killed grandpa. Yes. And as as a kid, I mean, again, like I said, the exact same age. I was the perfect age. I was close to my grandpa. That was horrifying to me. Then the fact that the creature could then manifest grandpa's head and, you know, talk. I'm again like, okay, is his soul in there? Can I like have new conversations or is it more like parroting? It yeah. and that also kind of goes into like what really freaks me out about the movie The Thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you and I, right? Like say say you're the thing. Say you're a monster and I'm me. You and I could have a conversation where we're the bestest of friends and everything. But then all of a sudden you get me to a closed room and you and you start like attacking me. Like yeah. <laughs> I hate the fact that like why can't I still talk to you like you're my friend? You know what I mean? Like yeah. And for some reason that freaks me out because at the end of the day, is it really communicating? or is it just a high, very high level of mimicry? Um, and even to the point where what I really liked in that first VHS uh, movie, in that first scene where the harpy lady was like, I like you. Like, she was, it was definitely like an animal, like, learning, like, mimicking. It was mimicking what it was supposed to say to, to call humans in. I like, like, that freaks me out more than anything, this weird, that, that something could mimic, like, you know, conversation in yeah. order to lure you in. That's a terrifying prospect to me. Yeah, like, th- this monster clearly has absorbed the DNA but has taken over everything about it uh, of grandpa because it, when he pokes his head out, he's he's talking like grandpa. Like grandpa. But he's having a whole other, he's like having a conversation with, with mom, right. with his daughter, Ra- Raquel. And the only thing is, every time the creature uses this technique, the, the heads that it generates are like covered in ooze. Yes. So that's <laughs> kind of like how you sort of know that it's not really the person. It's so disgusting because mom, uh, mom, uh, Sherm's mom doesn't even bat an eye at it, but, uh, but, but he's covered in clear gross slime yeah like ky that jelly looks like he's got ky jelly yeah. and i think they actually used a lot of ky jelly I, for this i uh, think they did yeah and so and he goes just taking care of business 
just taking care of business. Clearly, he was jerking off. Uh, yep. <laughs> and it's so gross. Yeah. I remember as a kid going, oh, no, he's going to hang out with Grandpa now. <laughs> taking care of business. Yeah, so she throws Sherman down there with Grandpa, who just finished taking care of business. And, you know, they go back to swinging. And he's locked down with Grandpa. And then so when, when Sherman goes to investigate... The monster's gone. Yeah. Because the monster can absorb himself back into the TV. A la Shocker. Yeah. The movie from uh, from the 80s. Another great fun movie, Shocker. That where, was John Carpenter, wasn't yep. it? Uh, no, that was Wes Craven. Wes Craven, yep. My where the, uh, the serial killer can go in and out of TV screens and yes. whatnot. And so, yeah, he's gone. And then we're back to the swingers, right? And we're back to Stan in the pool. And I, I think... Uh, at this point, too, I don't know if it's this exact scene or if we saw it before, but the Plutonian guy starts actually invading the television set, too. Yes. And, and talking at you. And that's, like, something that'll start, like, it'll keep going all the way up basically until the end. That's right. I, I That happened also before before the before the bikini scene uh, with, with uh, Cherry. Because well, it's alien- a little in- incidental at first, and then it kind of becomes more and more prominent. You don't actually know what he's saying because you can't hear him. And then eventually he'll, like, it, it starts unraveling for you. Yeah, because, well, it, yeah, it's an interesting social commentary because he, he says, you know, people of Earth, heed my warning. And essentially says, you must destroy all your satellites. <laughs> yeah. Then for the next 200 years or something like that. (laughs) Meanwhile, Grandpa's, you know, covered in monkey spunk and... uh, And just taking care of business. (laughs) Just just taking care of business. And (laughs) and, uh, yeah, that's right, because Raquel joins the swingers and she's like, you know, Spiro, let's go make some drinks. And and, uh, oh, she... She she mentions how Sherman's really into guns and military. And and Spiro gets really excited about that. He's like the raping and pillaging of of the, the of, of people. It's very I like it. Or yeah, because yeah, like. he equates it to it's life and death, like the Greek gods. You know, you are a Greek god. You have life and death in your hand. It's a noble pursuit. You know. Yeah. They, so uh, they go off to uh, do their drinks, and Cherry takes off her top. She's got her bikini on, and. And uh, and he's and then stands like I'm just gonna go get changed. And as he leaves, he's <laughs> in the corner of the screen. And he's like, "That bikini is a man." <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Stanley is the best uh, character in the entire movie. Yeah, that, that actor uh, Garrett uh, Garrett uh, Graham is his name. Yeah, he, that guy is so good. He he's fantastic. It's so much fun. <laughs> like this movie is so bizarre. And but it's so playful. Like you get, you know. I, I again, we keep going back to this idea. Like it's it's purely just. I'm sure stoners would love this movie. If you're yeah. drunk, you're watching it with a bunch of people. You know. Yeah, you're right. It's it's playful. It's playful risque. It's playful horror. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very. It's a playful film. And then so we we cut to Ra- Raquel and I can't. We keep wanting to call her Rachel, but <laughs> we're back to Raquel. It's such a weird name. Raquel and uh, Spiro and uh, Spiro can't stop talking about Stanley. Stanley. He's a real stallion. He's, He's a, a real man. What did he say? Manly man. <laughs> He's a real manly man. <laughs> and I, he does have a connection to George. The Kai, we're about to find out in a moment. But, um, the, oh, the, my. Oh, my. And then we're back to the alien uh, PSA, as yep. I like to say. Yep. Heed my warning. And then that cuts to Medusa, who gives her number. And I, I think now watching now as an adult, I'm like, oh, 850-6604. I wonder if I call that number, if I attach an 818 to it, what will happen? Because <laughs> everything's 555 Yeah, now, of course. Which is so funny if you think about it, because... Wouldn't you think we've reached an age of filmmaking where 555 doesn't have to be the universal number for everything? Yeah. Everything? Well, it's, well, we, we, 
do we even see phone numbers in movies anymore? Because no, no. one uses the phone anymore. No, you, but I think you email people and stuff. Yeah, now. you email people, but I think even nowadays, I, I know if, what you mean though. Like, yeah, it's standard. Like, if you see a movie, it's going to be five 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 one two three four. Yeah, yeah something. And like they that. still do it. Yeah. Like, I, I saw something fairly recently. I don't. I forget what it is, but I just know that they still use that same convention now that's crazy it's kind of crazy yeah but that's never changed <laughs> anyway <laughs> there's my little side note um yeah so sherman sees the phone number pop up and he calls medusa about him about this monster to call like peter vincent for help you know from friday yeah and uh so she's like you basically get off the phone and wait, she wait, hang- before i'm sorry i do not mean to cut you off yeah, yeah. um when did frighteners uh, i'm sorry not frighteners uh fright night come out i think that was also 86 oh so so they were both tapping into the same thing so so this movie wasn't like making fun of fright night or referencing it they were both tapping into uh the zeitgeist of the time which yeah. i guess were those were these shows prevalent oh I, yeah so that's the one thing that there is a bit of a disconnect for me with this and, and Fright Night. I have never seen one of these shows. I understand that they exist because movies have told me so. I have never once in my life seen one. So you didn't have like Sven Gulli or, um, oh God, I forget. I can't rattle off the names at the moment, but there were all these, uh, in, in most of the big cities, metropolitan cities, there would be these late night um horror hosts right who looked like oh uh zachary zachary i think was another one yeah and they all have some kind of gimmick yeah. or whatever yeah but i mean are you so i grew up outside of dc um i imagine dc probably did but maybe not because i i don't really have any kind of memory and even my buddy luke like he never no one ever introduced me to it we never talked about it maybe there wasn't well growing up in detroit uh for the first eight years of my life i remember watching creature features all the time they'd have them on at late night but they'd also doing it they'd have it on at like two in the afternoon oh which is so weird yeah okay and it used to scare the crap out of me as a kid until like i we had channel 54 which like on sundays would play like samurai movies like all day and whatnot and on on Saturdays, it would play like horror movies and stuff at night. Like it was the channel to go to for horror movies, but there was no like host. It wasn't until the closest thing I can remember was it USA uh, up all night yeah, with yeah. Gilbert Gottfried yeah. and um, oh, what's shoot. her name? What's her name? I, Julie Brown, downtown Julie Brown. No, no. um, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I totally do. Uh, uh, Rhonda Shear. There you go. Yeah. Um, That's, that was, wow, I pulled that out of my a hole. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. <laughs> wow. This is the way my brain works. You know, you can ask me like something relevant. Uh, what do we have going on this week? When's our son's uh, uh, f- five-year checkup? I have no idea. <laughs> Who was the host of the 80s uh, show with Gilbert Godfrey? Oh, Rhonda Shear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got that one locked in. Hashtag priorities. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's <laughs> sadly, that's how I am with anything Star Wars. Like, I can't do anything, like, in my life without, like, maximum effort. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but, but recalling any kind of Star Wars information, instantaneous. Yeah, we have to remember to turn the oven off by 11 o'clock, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, well, Elvira was super popular yeah. back then. So and, uh, I think these are all playing off, though. Elvira was um, ke- clearly the influence for uh, Medusa. For Medu- yeah, Medusa, yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 she, but she's a Medusa's a bitch. Like she's a jerk. She's a total jerk. She's and mean she, to Sherman. She's mean she to calls Sh- him a schizo. Yeah, like yeah. nothing's PC about. No, this. and then she like then she fucks with him. She, yeah, she calls. She hangs up on him, and she calls him to the screen after he talks about an alien monster from uh, uh, outer space coming, and she flashes an alien on the screen and scares yeah. the crap out of him. I know. I she's know. like pleasant dreams, Sherman. Dude, she she's a showman. She's <laughs> Such a, a showman. Bitch. She's. But that cleavage, man. Woo! It was a lot holding up that cleavage. It was a lot. I mean, we're not going to go into that, uh, in my opinion. Anyways, back to uh, Raquel and Spiro. And and then (laughs) Spiro just flat out says, does Stanley take it like a man? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I "I am Greek. I I already said he's... I feel like he doesn't say that he's Greek, but he implies that he likes it Greek. Or I'm, uh, yeah. Well, he, he, yeah. I, or does I wrote, he say that he is Greek? He says he says something like uh, he loves all things Greek, or he loves yes. Greek culture. Yeah. And then he says, so he's not Greek, but he likes Greek culture. Yeah. Even like you know. So as a kid, and this is something that I've, I, it took me forever to understand. When you talk about doing a Greek style, that's in the butt, right? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, as a kid, that was something that was huge in the 80s and the 90s. You would refer to something Greek. And, like, even I think there was a reference to it in, like, uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. But I never as a kid understood what that meant. All I know, all I knew at this time about Greek culture was Clash of the Titans yeah. and Euros yeah. with, the, with the lamb meat in those awesome pita pockets with the, with the white sauce on yep. it. I had no idea what that 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 he was implying that he was about to say <laughs> i like boys yeah and then at that's watching this now i'm like i hope he doesn't mean he likes little boys like yeah cherry was referencing earlier in the movie that kind of harkens back that kind of compounds cherry's <laughs> really statement yeah and, Ra- and and raquel who the who's at the audience at this point is jaws her jaws dropped and stanley walks in you know to see what's going on to check it out and and spiro leaves and goes with my favorite line of the movie where he goes yes <laughs> which to this day i still say that all the time so, he was great oh spiro he's so was good great. and we're about to find out what happens to him yeah. because he checks in on uh cherry who's in the hot tub who's been aced at this point by the by the alien she's all you see is her head in this in the hot tub is now filled with um steam yeah and or uh, yeah like that that ice you know or what uh dry ice dry ice layer of of fog right on top yeah you can't really ominous really a cool shot especially when he was in it like walking towards her yeah and the the poor swimming towards her in the pool yeah when when sherry doesn't open her mouth She's she's like really sexy and and uh, mysterious. Yeah, and it was very. It's like when him him like you know like making his way towards her. Obviously, he steps on. He's like, oh, this is all gross. And he's like, oh, but it's like the lubricant, the sex lubricant. When he, <laughs> he like, says, kinda, <laughs> yeah. what is this algae? <laughs> oh, maybe it's the sex lubricant. The sex <laughs> lubricant. <laughs> and then, but then he's like, he's like to his wife or girlfriend. He's to Cherry. He's like, we do want to get a quickie in. Yeah. So we just find out that he's into boy. In well. The, I think he's man. bisexual. Yeah, he's clearly bisexual. Yeah. And I think, like, Raquel doesn't get that. Well, I think it's safe to assume that Spiro's not into Raquel. Exactly, yeah. she. So, yeah, Spiro is into <laughs> Stanley and Cherry's into Stanley. And 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 the, uh, the, the monster, you see this giant crab claw come out and grab Spiro and kill Spiro. It's not very violent. No. And, and you see, and Cherry didn't, you didn't see Cherry get killed. No. So, at this point, the only person that you've seen get murdered horribly is grandpa. His grandpa. Hence my traumatization. Of course. 
<laughs> and then so back to Raquel and, and Stan, and she's telling Stanley what's up with Spiro. And Spiro said, or Stanley says, I think I'm going to straighten out old Spiro about the facts of life. Yeah. <laughs> And one thing that I loved about Stanley, he called everyone guy. He was always like, "Hey, guy." All right, I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I want to bring back guy, man." I yeah, fucking, guy. I, I miss guy. Guy's great. Like, it's such a great throwaway nickname for people. It really is. <laughs> and then I love how he comes, he checks in on Spiro and Cherry, and he's like, "Hey, what happened? To, what did you do to the jacuzzi?" Yeah, the jacuzzi. And she was like, oh, the mom's like, oh, did someone get sick off of the drinks? You mean like a, a half a thing of vodka, essentially? <laughs> yeah, those, those uh, margaritas. The margaritas. They not look like margaritas to What'd me. What'd you do to the jacuzzi? They're like clear water. And then the alien comes out and violent death two and three. Yep. Mom and dad get aced. So clearly, violently, it's so gross. Yeah, Dad gets the the prongs in the chest. Yep. And then where did where did Mom get her? Do you really even see her? You don't see her really get killed. You just see like her face with her expression. Yeah. And... So you know it's coming. But the dad, you definitely like see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sherm calls Nutkey back, and Nutkey doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. And then uh, what is it? Sherman like? Does he hear his grandpa tell him what uh, what explosives do? Uh, I think so. He's like, they'll blow your dang balls off. (laughs) 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 So Sherm loads up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and at this point, Suze, Susie and OD come back and, and OD's super bitching car. Oh my God. I I noted that dude. I was like, fuck, that thing is awesome. It was like a 69 Mustang uh, convertible, all white, very cherry looking, but like this crazy paint job on the front. I'm like, did they really paint like uh you know did they really paint that like i that hope car? not because that was beautiful that like was it's a beautiful, beautiful car it was a beautiful car with this kind of shitty like metal metal look it's got like a skull on it with chains the skull and, and chains were stupid but the paint job uh, on top of the the white like whatever that design was yeah. on the hood was really fucking cool yeah that was cool that was cool and 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 you know they're ready to rock and i already i mean like there's such quintessential stereotypes of 80s punk and um yeah but but like obviously like on purpose no but i like that yeah like i love that it it was like i love the stereotype of this is what punk people look like right and she's like new wave you know and and whereas i feel like um i feel like return the living dead was probably a little bit more truer like tried to be more realistic because you know the car kind of reminds me of uh suicide's car and that you know his big black you know, thing that he has convertible with a skull and everything. And it's, you know, but this one is more obviously pristine. Terror Visions is more parody, whereas I think Return of the Living Dead was trying to go more, try to go realistic. And Return of the Living Dead probably had a bigger budget too. Oh, for sure. For sure. But (laughs) yeah, they come back and at the same time, Sherman, uh, you know, blasts a hole out of the, out of the, out of the, uh, what do you call it? The bunker. The bunker with his grenades. (laughs) And, uh, and and I think what doesn't OD refer to him as Army Dude? Well, yeah, because they they come in and you know they hear that and like what is going on? But he stops him like right there. He's like, "Whoa, what's up, little Army Dude?" But I loved his reaction because Sherman's pointing his gun at his sister, and then like he starts pointing at OD, but OD looks at the gun and points it back at the sister. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was it was all very funny, very like you know visual. You know, it wasn't in the dialogue. Everything you said, like, all the 
comedy was visual right there with OD. I, I really liked that. He was like, whoa. He kind of just slowly pointed the gun back at the <laughs> yeah, sister. Not at him. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. And, and I think, doesn't the sister call him a little pill freak? Yeah. He's always like, a pill. And then, then OD's like, oh, pill popper. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly OD loves Sherman. Of course. <laughs> then, uh, and then Sherman gives them a tour through the house to look at everything like disgusting. And, you know, Sherman's getting blamed for everything yet again. Susie's like, you know, what the hell is all this? Basically, she says that. And uh, they turn on the TV and, you know, Odie's turns on the TV while and is doing his air guitar thing while Sherman and Susie go check on the parents. Or like she takes him to the parents' yeah. room and she knocks on the door and opens up the door and everybody's <laughs> in the bed. All the heads all, are in the bed. All four of the heads are in the bed. <laughs> and she's and they're swinging. They're swinging. Covered in goo. Covered in goo. Like so the yeah, so the um the blankets are pulled up all the way, and so you just see the four of their heads. With it, the monster it, clearly it, moving underneath. Yeah, it, well, yeah, and it's great because you it, it's clear. Clearly, like the actors are moving their legs kind of yeah, like back yeah, and forth. Yeah, so funny. But it, it's supposed to be like sort of tentacles. You yeah. Know? And then it was great because, you know, uh, uh, the she's like, where's grandpa? And then <laughs> yeah, grandpa where's... pops his head up and just, just taking care of business in between his daughter and his daughter's husband, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's so gross. <laughs> and that's when she's she's like, like barf me out, man. I just I <laughs> yeah. loved it. She said, like, barf me out. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, she's so grossed out by it. I mean, I, I mean, I mean who it, would it yeah, be? It's, it's so disgusting. It's Incest. <laughs> just taking care of business. <laughs> just taking care of business. And and then the, the tone of this movie totally shifts at that point because they go back to OD and that's when the monster appears and you feel like, oh, this is they're all gonna get taken out or or OD's gonna get aced. And then Sherman like shoots at it, but then they suddenly something changes, right? Because oh, yeah. OD gets all freaked out, he's about to get killed, and he holds up his wrist he holds up his arm his studded wrist gauntlet glove yep. thing. And then the monster flashes back to the the salad days when it was being treated so kindly by its master, the the, the garbage man. Yeah. The- and uh, and and it's being pet, and and you're realizing that this monster is kind of like a dog. Yeah. And because it's wagging wagging its tail and shit, and this like con- this like suddenly becomes this montage of scenes of them treat like domesticating this Tr- monster. Yeah, trying to domesticate it. Yeah. Yeah, the monster's like chilling out, and 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 Od's like, "This dude's into metal." And right? this, and honestly, this is where I started to it, it slowed down for me here. Yeah. It became less interesting for me here. And granted, it doesn't last long, and it switches back. But I was like, eh, it felt a little fillery to me. It, it was definitely filler, but I realized because I was this movie's a really short movie. It's like eighty six minutes long. This was we're now at like the the seventy minute point. Yeah, so like, there's only like fifteen minutes left. Yeah, in this there's movie. not much. Like it it ends really quickly. Yeah, it's a really weird sequence. It doesn't really work that well. I think there's some funny lines like. Uh, I think it's Sherman says to OD, he's like, he made you cry. He made you cry like a butthole or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that. that was funny. Yeah. I, like, I, I didn't know a butthole that. could cry. Yeah. I guess we'll have to talk to Spiro about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the monster's tongue, you realize it can suck things, which it, uh, they're, they're still feeding it food. And it, I, I'm trying to remember, did it reject the food? Well, it, no, I think, yeah, I think it sucked it in and didn't like the taste of it. It wants people. It wants something better. Yeah, it wants to eat know. people. But yeah, they, they establish really the only 
the takeaway from that is, you know, A, that it can suck in things, yes. which will happen at the very end. Yeah. But I think B, to kind of set up what the Plugar guy is going to tell us in a few minutes about it being a an, a pet on yes. his planet. Yeah, so, like we get that right away, yeah. that it's some sort of pet, and it's saying their names. They get it to say their names. Yeah. and then But then Sherman tries to get it to say his name, and it throws up on Sher- Sherman's yeah. face. And I want to, I guess they never saw it kill anybody yet. Uh, the three of them, they haven't seen what happens. They think their parents are swinging in the bedroom. So right. they don't realize that everyone's dead at this point. Um, so that would make sense why they wouldn't want to get rid of it. Well, although Sherman does know it killed grandpa, though. He never saw it kill he grandpa. He didn't see though. it, but yeah, but he knows, yeah, but he knows, though. Yeah, he's still kind of, yeah, he's the most skeptical of the three. Yeah. And then they turn on the TV and Medusa's on, and next thing you know, the monster's hooked. And he turns into the, you know, uh, while it's watching TV, the three of them huddle up. And I actually like this scene for, for what it is because uh, you see the side of OD where he wants to work together to share it because Sherman's like, no, it's my monster. He gets really territorial after Susie says we can make a bunch of money off it. And OD's like, you know, we I don't forget exactly what he said, but basically saying we should all work together. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a really almost a sweet moment for his character because yeah. he realized this guy's a good guy. No, I, dude, I... I don't know if he's a good guy. Not. I'm teetering on that too because I, I, he has good qualities and he also has some bad qualities. Honestly, he's a very well-rounded character. Yeah, well-written character. Yeah, he, like he. I mean, he's this angsty teenager who's into metal or whatever, and he's got a little wild side he, to him. He's he's an angsty 29 year old teenager. Yeah, I know. It's, he clearly is this like way older dude, but but you know. his character and Stanley are the two most interesting in this in the movie, at least most fun to watch. Yeah, and then like you know he. He's going to die in two seconds. And then that it just at that point, I'm just like, ah, you know. Yeah, this th- this point, like they're, they've called Medusa and they're trying to uh, get Oh, her. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you went a little bit ahead. Yeah, yeah. They, they, the, the plan that they hatched is they want to make the monster famous, yeah. get him on TV so that way uh, they can all get rich. And they That's call, basically the plan. Yeah, they call Medusa and Medusa's like, well, I'm really busy because I'm going to go to a party because her show's over yeah. at this point. Because I think that's the point I wrote down. I'm like, what time is this so now? I, I guess my take away is that the it started at eight o'clock her show okay and then it probably ended at midnight is what it makes most sense but in that world but it doesn't make the most sense for for what that show where that program is or maybe no. it was 10 o'clock till midnight you know yeah it doesn't make sense because the show was way too risque and yeah. truthfully that's way more cleavage than would ever be allowed to be on tv i think yeah i, I mean there, there's that part of it and there's the also also the part that like the parents went out for dinner uh, I came back to swing. So a couple hours have gone by. Yeah. So we're clearly like three or four hours have gone by since this all went down. And, you know, um, he t- that's when you find out, oh, he, they live on Putterman Lane because they're like, no, come out and visit us. They're come, come check out the monster. And this is where we live. And she's like, well, I might come by if I don't have anything else going on. Uh, clearly uh, she doesn't. She's yeah. a loser on basic uh, TV. And they, he, the monster keeps wanting to watch TV. And the and and he's freaking out and the, and that's when OD calls him a butthole. Yeah, <laughs> butthole gets thrown around so much at this point. Well, and and OD uses the term rude a lot. Yeah, but not in the way you're supposed to use it. Yeah, he, rude. He, but he yeah he says it more like in like in replacement of cool or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, but I don't is, remember Rude being a replacement for Cool. Do you back no, in the day? No, there were, there were a couple lines back from the '80s that I always thought were kind of like didn't that I felt like movies tried to start, but it didn't work. It didn't, like, yeah, catch on. I think Boss was a thing that people mm, tried to say. Right. Um, uh, there was a movie called The Wildlife, which is a which is a sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, starring oh, okay. Chris Penn. Oh, and he used to say it's casual, it's casual, mm. and everything's casual, and I'm like. Yeah, no, I guess that that's, that's like chill, right? Like I we're, guess we're it's chill, chill, it's cool, we're chill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so OD like says rude all the time, but not yeah. like like oh you're rude. It's like whoa, cool, rude. rude. <laughs> I even wanted to say cool, like oh rude. That was so rude. Like instead of saying bad, yeah, bad yeah, was a thing, right? yeah. Maybe they didn't want to. They were trying to do something new. <laughs> yeah. So so at this point now, uh, Nutkey, Officer Nutkey, shows up at their house and. With a warrant for Sherman, for a warrant for Sherman's arrest, <laughs> because he wants to arrest Sherman for, for calling prank calling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the alien PSA returns, and uh, while while Odie's dealing with the monster, and the monster freaks out. Well, because Odie slaps him because he's trying to make him listen to his music, and then yeah. the monster breaks the the speakers. He didn't like Odie's music. That's right. He breaks the speakers. And then Odie slaps him. Yeah, he slaps him. That was a mistake. And then Odie gets killed in a pretty (laughs) terrible way. That was probably the second worst death because his face gets eaten by some kind of tongue tongue face monster. Yes. And yeah, it's it's gross. (laughs) It's really gross. And and, I mean, again, the amount of slime and goo. There's there's a documentary that was attached to the Blu-ray of this. I don't think you can find it on YouTube. I highly recommend you buy this on on Blu-ray because it's just it's worth the extras. There's a great comprehensive documentary about all this, and they talk about how much slime and goo <laughs> and how it was so sticky. The whole set was that whole sticky. set just looks sticky, dude. Yeah. This this movie feels sticky. I don't want to. I would not want to take a black light to this set because no. it just looks really dis- like there's so much kind of debauchery that I feel like was going on. But at the same time, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Sherm goes full Rambo and he just starts, you know, it's time to hunt down, uh, uh, you know, get ready for action. And Nutkey investigates and he gets aced in a really cool way. Yeah, that was because his hand, he's about to shoot the creature and then his hand gets like melted because uh, uh, the creature like puts his tongue around it. Yeah. And uh, that reminded me of the fly too. Yeah, that reminded me of that. It reminded me a little bit of Fright Night uh, when... Um, uh, Jerry Dandridge is like his 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 housemate. Uh, oh yeah, starts to melt. Yeah, like a lot of melting going on. Yeah, and the hand yeah. gets all melted. It's a cool. It's a cool kill. It's yeah, a, cool, a melt scene. Um, <laughs> and that's when at this point now Sherman and Susie are all loaded up, ready for action. And Sherman utters this the amazing line about the monster: "We're gonna blow his butt to kingdom come." <laughs> <laughs> And while they're hunting, there's like puke stains everywhere. Just these gross. I don't know if you ever had a pet, but uh, I had a cat. I've had many cats and dogs. And I remember when I was a kid, the cats and dogs would like throw up on the ground. And I wake up in the morning after, the, and there'd just be like piles of throw yeah. up all over them. Like, what the hell, man? It, 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 to me, it felt like that, that set probably smelled. Yeah, it's just gross. I mean, it fits the movie. The whole movie tone is gross. But yeah, they're, so they're hunting for him. Oh, and I love when they find OD. So Susie realizes that at this point, OD's dead and his puke is his puke is in the shape of a guitar. Yeah, I didn't I didn't pick up on <laughs> yes. that. Ah, that's cool. 
That's cool. And then I started thinking, I'm, I'm like, I wonder if everyone else's puke was in the shape of something. No, probably. I, I'm not that interested in going <laughs> to find out. But let's just assume it is. Um, and now at this point, you know, they, 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 there's this gross stuff everywhere. And the monster's watching TV in the Pleasure Dome. He's now in the jacuzzi. He's in the jacuzzi, yeah, man. That's sure. the best place to be. And Sherman comes up with the great idea to, to electrocute him. And by taking the uh, the remote the giant remote control, and they're not really exaggerating too much. The, the remote controls for satellites back in the day were huge, and it has like it has to be connected to a power supply. Yes. so it uses so much power that it, it, it you can't use batteries essentially. Yes. Yeah, and, and and they try they so so the idea is that Sherman's going to throw the remote control into the jacuzzi and electrocute the monster, um, but when he does. The 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 uh, the monster realizes something's going on, and it wraps a tentacle around him, and they start hacking at it. Sherman's hacking at it with his with his machete, and uh, and and Susie's trying to you know free him. They escape, and at this point, uh, Pluthar Pluthar comes the in. alien comes in, who looks great, like the yes. the, the makeup effects. Yes. he looks so cool. It's like total cheesy fifties looking sci fi alien. But, but but modernized. Like modernized. They, they say, you know what? We're gonna take the cheesy silver suit, but we're gonna make it look more like um, alien, like yes. the the spacesuits in Alien. It's gonna be more so like it's still gonna be silver and sparkly, but it's gonna be more modernized, like better looking. It was it was very inspired. I it, very much in li- I very much liked his design. Ditto. Yeah. When I'm watching it, I'm like, I was so excited because yeah. I thought, okay, I think at this point. There was yeah. There's a lull where you're like, okay, this is getting a little monotonous. It's all taking place in the same set. A little bit of that. Yeah. And then Pluthar shows up, and, and you're, you're like, awesome. oh shit, he's gonna waste this thing. And he's super nice. Yeah. And he, he gives them like, you, you, there's hope now at this yeah. point. He's like, he's he's super super nice. And and he finds out that their parents are dead. And he's like, oh no, people are people are dead. I'm gonna lose my job. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I like that. And then I loved how they're like, you know, he's like, if yeah. I can, if I can, you know, not destroy it, if I can basically capture it he's like and that's a big if you know um (laughs) that's a big if we can extract the dna and your parents will you know and basically revive your parents essentially and they're like are they gonna be clones like no 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 they'll be your real parents they're just gonna have to live in a special uh aquarium yeah yeah, they could be regrown in special aquariums (laughs) and i thought i just loved every exchange there i loved everything about that yeah he's yeah there that was i felt like they i wish they would have gone deeper with that. yes i wish i wish this had a different ending yes that's my only like again there's i have like minor complaints about it uh but that was definitely one of my bigger complaints i'm like oh come on he's such a cool character let him yeah, live because i, it, I think he should have been around a little bit longer yeah. like replace the the montage of them trying to feed it with maybe more pluthor yeah. Um, would be maybe fun, but half of the joke of Pluthor is what happens oh, yeah. in, you know, two seconds. It's He's hilarious. not around for very long. No, it's hilarious what happens to him. I was so pissed as a kid because I, I just liked him so much. And he reminded me a little bit of the alien in Last Starfighter. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and so Medusa shows up for the party because she's got no life. She's got nothing she, to she, do. If, she's, if you're working as a, as, a, as, a, as a pinup model for some late night horror show, you got no life. She's so her executive producer or whatever is also her chauffeur. Of course. Uh, drives them to the to the house and she's like, "Oh, it's a party and the cops are there." And she sees the cop car, nut, nut, Nutkey's pop 
cop car. Yeah, because at this point, there's Spiro's car's there, uh, the cop car's there, Grandpa's Jeep is there, yeah. uh, Mr. Cool's Porsche's there, and um, OD. OD's car's there. So there's like five cars. Yeah, it looks her, like a party. It's a party. It's, it's a party. <laughs> it's a party. Five, five cars and a, four cars and a cop. That's a party. And she's excited. She walks in the house and she sees the puke on the floor and she's getting all turned on by it or whatever she's doing. <laughs> she knows it's a wild party. She's a wild party. And then she walks in on Pluthar. Uh, explaining to Susie and Sherman what's going on. He's got his blaster pointed at them, and they're, like, putting their machine guns down, and, and, and she thinks, like, the alien, that's the villain. And she comes up to rescue them by hitting Pluthar in the back of the head and with, I forget what like she Like her hit, purse or something. Her purse, yeah. and it cracks his, well, he has a space helmet on the whole yeah. time. And it cracks his space helmet, which releases oxygen into it, and he's talking about how he can't ah. breathe, and... His head explodes. I love that so much. It, and it's such a gooey explosion, too. It's so gooey. And it's so, it's so like, uh, oh, what a bummer. Because you want this guy to save the day. Yeah, he was he was the savior. And at, and right after that happens, yeah, because, oh, and then that's right. Sherman utters the line, Spaceman, please don't die. Because <laughs> at this point, his head is now cheese. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's melted cheese. Yeah. Green cheese. And the monster shows up, and Sherman tries to kill it, and he gets all of them. Sucks all of them in. Like, really quickly. Yep. They don't show it, but that's no. it. And at, and at that point, it cuts to uh, Medusa's car. And Medusa, I guess apparently the driver didn't see Medusa get in. Well, he was asleep in the oh, yeah. front. And it's, right. so it's like the morning, like, you know, it, it wasn't dark anymore. Yeah. And you just hear basically the, the door close and he kind of wakes up. And, yeah. Because he gets tapped on the shoulder by the hook thingy. And he looks in the side, he looks in his rear view and, and you can see Medusa covered in her spunk and yeah. gross gel, goop. And, uh, and she tells him to, you know, head to the studio and make it snappy. Yep. Apparently, like, the, the little wandering eye can talk too. So it's like, yeah, make it snappy you know or no it's just like come on come on or whatever and it talks back and yeah cuts to the end credits and that's the movie right there it sped to the ending really quick yeah it was like over before you knew it. the third act is that weird montage uh let's get to know the monster little scene was probably the longest scene in the movie yeah because i was you know when we're doing this podcast my idea is to like write down each major scene that comes up and I remember writing a bunch of stuff for that montage scene. I'm going, this is all one scene. It's all, yeah, technically one scene. The montage is just probably time lapses, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, just to kind of, I guess, get into our, our thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I loved the set design of it. I loved the way the movie looked. I loved Stanley. I loved OD. Um, Most of the characters I thought were great, but the best characters got knocked off halfway through the movie. And then once we lost OD, I felt like it kind of... Once that scene happened with the montage, it kind of ground to a halt for, but only for like 10 minutes, but in a movie that's only an hour and like 25 minutes (laughs) with credits, like that's, that's a lot of time to, to be spending on, on these boring scenes. But like you said, it does pick up when Pluthor gets there uh, and it's a lot of fun. I really like that, but that he's only there for like, literally, I think like three or four minutes. It's not long. And that right there is the climax of the movie. So 
it just it ends kind of abruptly and you know as a kid having it end on a downer uh was what kind of another like probably the nail in the coffin as to why this movie was traumatic as a kid you know i I was like no it just it didn't it didn't i didn't want to watch it again it wasn't it didn't have enough in it to make me want to watch it again uh until i got older and watched it with you but i thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to end and i highly recommend people checking it out if you've never seen it it's certainly worth watching it's a lot of fun watch it with your friends have some beers smoke some weed it's, it's that kind of a movie but it, it it's got some parts that are a little traumatic i'd say yeah it, it's not it it's it's a flawed film and every b level straight to vhs movie back then was flawed um but it like you said i totally i'm to- total agreement with you on all of that it's fun it's a fun movie uh i actually enjoyed it more i, I used to watch this movie ad nauseum with my brother back in the day. And I think that's why I loved it because we'd watch it together and we'd laugh at all the funny parts. If you're watching it by yourself, it's not going to be entertaining though. I watched it last night by myself and I was actually pretty entertained by it. Oh, and I was, I was thoroughly entertained the entire time I was watching it here too. Yeah. Except for probably the montage. scene. <laughs> yeah. The montage scene where I'm like, okay, whatever. But, uh, and, and if you think back on, on a lot of the yeah, you look at the those actors that are in it now, and you think, okay, maybe one of them still has a known career at this point, but the acting was really good, and everything about it, you can just felt like they put the whole their all their love into the movie, uh, and it, it reminded me about so many of the full moon movies that came out from this point on. So uh, even though Empire Pictures released this, the VHS distributor was like Lightning Video such a badass intro to lightning <laughs> video and um the movies that came out under the empire umbrella i think robot jocks might be an empire film oh i loved robot jocks yeah as a kid. which was directed by um the same people that did reanimator and oh was it brian usna's yeah, team i think it was brian usna might have directed it yeah uh, that sounds familiar and and but they did th- this was the beginning of uh, this could be a whole other discussion. The beginning of this, these types of movies, 75-minute movies, 80-minute movies, under all these movies under 90 minutes, uh, I always felt ripped off when they said like 70 minutes on the box. I'm like, wait, Dr. Mordred's 70 minutes long? What the hell? This is like a TV show. <laughs> it's like a TV show. Um, but it's weird because these movies were so short and there was always a lull at some point. You're yeah. like, oh, so this movie, if there was 90 minutes, would have been really boring. Yeah, like, it, w- it would have been a slog, probably. Yeah. So you're just chopping it down to make it nice and short. It, I, it's it's short and sweet, in and out. You know, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yep. And know? I think at the time, when so if you hearken back to 86 and we're all renting movies, you felt ripped off if you're spending $5 on a rental or however much it was, and you're only getting... 85 minutes of footage on the or 80 minutes of footage you're like wait but i spent five dollars yeah. on this it's supposed to take up my whole night now i gotta rent two movies to take up my whole night because because honestly that was what you did right you'd you'd watch a two uh 90 minute movie with your popcorn and next thing you know it's time for bed after that you watch a 70 minute movie and you're like yeah well what am i gonna do with the next hour of my time i know Rewatch <laughs> it you know but full moon would then they kind of took care of that by throwing on those video zone 
things at the end. Yeah, Full Moon was one of the first times as a kid I remember like having like extras at the ending of the VHS. Extras and trailers. Yeah. Like they pack it with all these great trailers and they put on the behind the scenes making stuff. This was not on Terror Vision. I don't know. I haven't watched the VHS version in years. I don't even have a VHS player. <laughs> I do. That's good. Yeah, and uh <laughs> much to the much to the frustration of my wife, but uh, <laughs> we want to Marie Kondo things. Come on. Um, but I, I'm curious to check it out to see if they threw any trailers on there or whatever. But, you know, all in all, it was a much enjoyable experience this time through again. It was. I, I got to say, though, my favorite viewing experience was with you when we watched it. Uh, a couple years ago because it's definitely one of those movies you can talk during it for a little bit you can you can jab your buddy you know type of thing you can laugh at a line and you know stuff like that yeah. i think it's it's definitely a, a, a group movie to watch no doubt if everyone is in the same mindset essentially yeah you just go into it knowing it's a b cheesy b movie yeah that's all you need um, yeah, so uh, we've never really set up a, a real, like, sort of rating system, but I mean, and I'm not, I don't care about, like, numbers, like, we give it on something out of a five or whatever. At the end of the day, I think it's like, do we recommend it or not, right? Does it get our stamp of, of approval? Um, I recommend this one. I recommend it as well. Yeah. This is what you want. This is what you get. <laughs> You're bringing it back to hardware. I'm going to be bringing it back to hardware all season. If there's a podcast season, I don't know. <laughs> Touche, buddy. Touche. <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, that's Terror Vision, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we had a lot of fun breaking it down and talking about it. Honestly, uh, if if Zach didn't have to get out of here to go work, we would. I could I could keep talking about this. I, Terror I, <laughs> Yeah, I, and I think our podcast is this episode is actually longer than the movie itself. I think you're right, <laughs> which is great. But uh, sorry, Zach, my friend, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at uh, Zach Schaefer V O. Schaefer is S H A F F E R. You can also find me on the Instagrams at Zach Schaefer. Uh, you can find me on the magazine Instagram site. It came from the '80s, and also two dollar late fee podcast. And where can you find that? Uh, pretty much iTunes, Spotify, the normal iTunes, stuff? Spotify. I think that's it. Cool, awesome. I'll put uh, I'll put links in in it for all that kind of stuff for you guys. Cool. And uh, you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram at Corey Nation. And you can, as far as podcasts go, you can listen to me every week talk about Seinfeld with my buddy Adam on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. That's on uh, Spotify, iTunes, the usual. And Adam, uh, my co-host for that, he is um, he's a part of the Blast from Our Past podcast, and we are. On on the Blast from Our Past network. So we are a part of that whole family. We're, so we're all a bunch of uh, retro nerds. We like talking about retro stuff from the 80s and the 90s. And you know they talk about more like never-ending story, whereas we do terror vision. So <laughs> <laughs> we, it's a nice little, the, the network has a nice little mixture of, of movies there. <laughs> they all have a place somewhere. They were made, so they should be watched. 
Exactly. And we, like we said before, we love these movies and we hope you guys do too. So please, please, please feel free to join in on the discussion. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Podcasting After Dark. That's where we're going to be most active. We're also on Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. Uh, please leave us a five star review on iTunes if you can. That would be absolutely wonderful. That helps us get uh, uh, more viewership uh, and higher in the search rankings or whatever. But just let us know what you think. Uh, and I, I hope you guys like it. And please feel free to email us, um, uh, podcastingafterdark at gmail.com. And chime in on the episodes let us know what you think about the movies uh we're gonna let you guys know what movies are coming next so you can if you want to email us before the next episode comes out you know we'll that's cool and we'll add it to it we'll talk about it um so yeah join in the conversation have fun with us and on that note our next movie next week's movie is uh my pick so we are going to be doing life force life force and i just want to say yasu Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.